I'm going to be slowing down this year to like focus on different things, but I have different goals. Those goals are directly in line with 80-year-old Janelle. Mm -hmm. Like 80-year-old Janelle is still fit. She goes for a walk in front of her beach house. She's got this great family. She has time to be a grandmother, right? She's not overworked and she does stuff that she loves to do. Right. I have to work really hard at 40 to make sure that 80-year-old Janelle is living the life that I envision for her. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of the stuff. <laughs> So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey, welcome back to the Push Podcast. Uh, This is our bonus episode, part two of goal setting. We felt like, hey, for 2021, goal setting needed to have two parts, right? 10 reasons why shit gets hard and why you don't set goals. And then 10 reasons uh, why you should are 10 ways that you can crush your goals, right? All right. That's a mouthful. But either way, we're talking about goal setting. So hopefully you listened to episode number 70, which was, you know, all the reasons why people don't set goals. Now we're going to give you some tactical ways to actually stick to those goals. But you, my friend, have to come up with the goals. <laughs> so a couple of things we want to talk about really, really quick. I want to preface the fact that In a society where I think that everything is go, 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 achieve more, 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 I don't want you to start the year off thinking that we are sending that message because I definitely, at this stage in my life, don't subscribe to that. I don't think that it's about making more, getting more, doing more. Like I am trying to do less actually this year. Yeah, I think this is about living and, and understanding part of living is setting your sights on things mm-hmm. and going after things and and in understanding that achievement is there's more to achievement than just a goal and, and results. And so I, I agree with you. It's not about more, more, more. It's it's about and, and can I just preface this? Like I know a lot of people frown upon New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. and and I get it because Which was number ten in the last episode of why people don't right. set New Year's resolutions or and, goals in the first right. place. Right. And 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 partly is because I was in the fitness industry for a long time. And so it's the busiest time of the year mm-hmm. is January, February, and March, and then everything kind of dwindles down by mm-hmm. the, by that time. And I think that what people have done is they've now had a negative connotation to a resolution. They mm-hmm. think that it's kind of cliche in a sense. Right. But I do think that there is something to a new year that you say, okay, this year, I it gives me a good way to button up the last year mm-hmm. and start a new year. And so some of you may be already on a path to goals. Mm-hmm. And then in this episode, we're going to help and strengthen your ability to achieve those goals. And some of you, maybe you're like the last episode well, you never really achieve, you never really set goals. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we want to help give you some strategies to do that really well. Yeah, I I definitely agree with everything that you said. I want to also preface, third time we use that word, <laughs> that even though my goal is to do less this year, it's not out of laziness. It's no. not because I don't want to have goals. In fact, I'm probably going to have more goals this year than I have in the past 
But those goals are going to be in alignment with where I'm trying to go with my life. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to talk to you really quick about short-term versus long-term goals. Yeah. And so one of the reasons why I'm setting the goals that I want to set are, quite frankly, to achieve more balance in my life. I can be a workaholic. I can work myself into burnout. I can have the most goals and be super focused on that. And what I've realized is that doesn't make me happy. Mm -hmm. And so- Something I want to share with you is the reason we're not telling you like, you know, hey, set out to do $3 million this year. You can. I mean, we have large, hefty goals for our business too. But I would say, you know, last year, 2019, we said we were going to hit a million dollars in revenue, Mm -hmm. right? And we were willing to do whatever we had to do to achieve that because that was the goal that we set. So that's what I'm talking about. Like I will go all in, not sleep. I will work myself into exhaustion if I commit to something because I don't want to let myself down, let you down, let our business down. So we worked our faces off so hard to where there were certain months that I didn't even come up for air to check on the numbers only to find out that we were at like (laughs) $938,000. And I wrote it in a journal in 2019, it was in October, and I was like, holy fuck, it's not about the goal. It's not about the goal because we were so focused on trying to hit the goal that I took my eye off the target and it didn't matter. Like I didn't feel uh, better that we had earned more money. It didn't seem like it had lifted a weight off of my shoulders. In fact, it felt like that was the hardest year of work in our lives. And I, at that moment, realized I don't want to do this shit again, (laughs) even though we didn't actually hit the goal and we got closer than, you know, we thought that was like our Oprah sized goal. I wasn't happier. Right. I was more miserable. Right. And so I want to really open this up by telling you a lot of people I know they're guilty of just not dreaming big enough, but a lot of people I know are guilty of, you know, having these crazy outlandish goals and then sacrificing everything else, your health, uh, your sleep, your time with your family. And so we're going to go over some strategies that I think are going to help you achieve long-term success, which is ultimately going to start with your habits, your day-to-day rituals and habits. And before I let you speak, because I know you have a lot to say about this, I want to share with you a couple of things that like Eddie does. You read your Bible every day for probably 20 minutes in the morning, right? Right. You do that. Why? I do that because it's it's part of my routine so that I show up for the day, show up for myself. But it's also a part of my spiritual long-term journey. Right. So it's a quick micro thing that you do every day because it's a part of a long-term spiritual journey that you want to stay connected to God, you want to continue your prayer life. Like there are many reasons, right? Right. So this is a habit that you have that now you've been in habit of for over two years. Oh yeah, longer than that. Longer than that. Yeah. But it's just something that you do now, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. So this episode is going to be about creating habits and rituals that will help you get to those long-term better you goals versus just a bunch of short-term, you know, like minor success, which should be celebrated, but it's also very important to determine, like, are you trying to lose 30 pounds in 60 days because you're going on vacation to Cabo in February? That's a short-term goal, right? If you're saying, I want to be a millionaire in five years, that's a long-term goal. 
And so it's really important for you to establish, number one, what the hell your goals are. Some of your goals might be, I want to buy a Louis Vuitton purse before the end of the year. That's a short-term goal. To me, the definition of a short-term goal is something that can be done within 12 months that with focus you can achieve. Yeah. And short-term goals and long-term goals, I believe, and, and I think that Janelle's definition is great. I also think that people have a different perspective of duration. Right. Some people are really long-term thinkers, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about as far as the long game is concerned. And they think about five-year chunks and 10-year mm-hmm. chunks and what can I accomplish in 10 years as a, as a long-term. And some people say short-term would be three to five years, mm-hmm. right? And so it just really depends on like what you define it as, as like, I see this as a, obtainable in this amount of time and I create, I, I think this is short-term. And I think that that's up to you as a, as a listener to kind of say, hey, this is my long-term versus my short-term. But I think what I would say is it was is important is goals should be outcome driven. And I, I, I'm a firm believer that when you look at a goal, it should be something that you take from it because the achievement is you feel the the excitement and of uh, that moment. I achieved my goal. It feels great. And that may last you for a split second. And then now you're on to the next thing or now you're moving forward. But what you take away, which I believe is outcomes, is what you took from that goal, what what skill, what what talent, what discipline, what things did you say I pulled from this goal because I went on this journey? So, for example, the the example you gave about us going through that journey of trying to achieve the million dollar target, although it was spine busting, tiring, like we were super tired and we were super fatigued by it. We still learn so much more that mm-hmm. for for your ability to do less now because we went through that journey, all it's of a, a sudden, direct learning from it's, that. Yeah, goal. we we extracted so many learnings, so now we don't have to work as hard to do the same outcome to get right. the same output. And so I think it's so important that sometimes you do have to grind. Sometimes it's that season, and you have to be paying attention to your learning so that when you do back off the gas a little bit, now you don't have to put as much effort to get the same output. Yeah, and so I think that that to me is so important when it comes to like goals and going after certain things. And I guess the gift that I want to give you, and then we'll dive into like these 10 things, but the gift that I'd like to give you is the fact that if you're in pursuit of something, you are growing. Mm-hmm. You're going to be gaining knowledge, gaining insight, gaining clarity. New opportunities will come about. You just have to be in action of something. The problem, I think, with most people is they feel stuck because they're not in pursuit of anything, right? So one of my goals this year is to spend an hour a day learning, reading, consuming. Why? I know that that makes me a better person. I right. know that long term, if I plan on being a public speaker, if I plan on continuing to influence, like I need to work on my vocabulary. I need to work on the information and the knowledge that I have. I need to continue to obtain more. I need to continue to drive creativity and inspire myself to keep moving in new directions, right? So that's one of my small goals that helps me with long term. So I guess what I want to say, and then we'll dive in, is please focus on the fact that goals are cool, goals are necessary, but it's more important who you become in the pursuit of chasing the goal, not so much about the goal attainment. Yeah, 100%. That's really important. Okay, so some examples of like a long-term goal, just to clarify, you want uh, to become the CEO or you want to achieve a promotion at work, let's say, right? 
some short-term goals, like micro goals that you could set to put yourself in a better position to maybe be promotable would be show up to work 15 minutes early every day, period. (laughs) That's a cool goal, right? If you suck at time management, but you want to be the boss of people and be a leader, you should probably set a small little goal to just, hey, I'm going to be 15 or 10 minutes early every day to work because I want to set a good example, right? Yeah. And I think that doing something like that, I think, puts you in a, in a situation where you give yourself time to maybe do some studying of the company or study of the things that you're doing at work that are going to continue to help you and put you on a path to getting that promotion you're looking for. Right. So another example of a long-term goal, I said, you know, maybe you want to be a millionaire five years from now. That's a long-term goal. Something that you can do as a short-term goal to be in alignment and help assist you to, to get to that long-term goal would be start to really focus on your savings account, right? Mm -hmm. Start to really focus on budgeting, maybe reduce or eliminate some of your credit card debt, start learning about the stock market. Those are all small things that can be done in a short period of time, but ultimately they help you become a millionaire five years from now. Right, because I think goals are accumulation of just that. They are small micro goals that have stacked upon each other to a place where it's inevitable that you achieve the bigger goal, mm-hmm. right? The key is, can you stay focused and 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 be happy and be and celebrate the small little wins that over time build up to a gigantic win, right? And they really paint the picture of of the life that you want to have, right? All right, so let's get into ten things, ten tips that we want to share with you for how to crush your goals this year. Number one, I would say, dream big. I know it sounds really stupid and you shouldn't even have to be told this, but you would be surprised in all of the business owners that we help. Oftentimes they get caught up in all of the things they're not good at, all of the struggles that they are trying to overcome right now, that they get so laser focused on where they're at now that they can't even stop for a moment to think of a better life or a bigger dream or create something bigger or more grand because they're just so like narrowly focused on the problems right now. Yeah. And I think some people will call this like future pacing, like thinking about the overarching big goal for your life or the big vision for your life, understanding what that looks like, what it will feel like, all the things that come along with that, all the the senses that are involved, like, mm-hmm. what, what, you know, what will you be wearing when you're there, mm-hmm. right? All those things I think play a part of painting this picture And I think you can go from there as a starting point of saying, that's what I want for my life. Because I think that even if you're dreaming big and it it maybe it's audacious, within that, there's a certain purpose that you're actually going for, whether Mm -hmm. it's it's freedom, whether it's uh, a life of adventure, uh, or if if it's a life of service, like you'll see it in that vision, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think that dreaming big is so important. Yeah. So- I mean, what are some of your, or maybe one of your big dreams? Like it could be a long-term goal. What's something big that you think might be outlandish? I think running for public office. Like I said, like 2026, Senator. (laughs) (laughs) Senator Copeland or Congressman Copeland. I think that as a short-term goal, but but I I do know that that's in a lot of definitions that could be considered Mm long-term, right? So thinking about six years from now, running for a public office. Mm To me, I could see myself doing that. Okay, my big goal: I'm gonna I'm gonna own a beach house. Okay, 
It's big goal. I don't know if Congressman Eddie wants to be there, but I'm going to own a beach house. Why would I want to be there? Because <laughs> I don't know. The public might trash you for owning a $20 million beach house if you're serving the public. I don't know. I'll find a way to spin it. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> what a politician. Okay. Number two, play the long game. Right. What's that mean? It's, it's just that. I think that you have to look at, okay, what will this mean for me 10 years from now, five mm-hmm. years from now? I think when you are planning out your goals and you're making small goals and you're thinking about 2021, is it aligned with the long game, mm-hmm. right? Are you derailing yourself by going off and doing arbitrary goals because you're just excited about it? And if that's the case, that's fine. But if it's taking you off course of the long game, like for example, having a beach house, having multiple beach houses, if we find that, hey, in order in order to do that, like we're going to have to modify some things in our lives, then that's what we'd have to do up to that point. And mm-hmm. I think when you play the long game, you make sacrifices, you make uh, conscious decisions that keep that long-term goal in play. And I think people sometimes, and we've done an episode on this and self-sabotaging, like you have a long-term goal and you sabotage it because you are so concerned with the now. Yeah. You're spending all your money on the now. You're buying that the luxury car and you know the luxury car is not helping you get to that long-term goal mm-hmm. of uh, owning several properties. Then why are you spending your time on that? Right. Right. And I think that that to me is so important because we can definitely get uh, encapsulated by the present. Mm-hmm. And that can really deter us from the long game. Yeah, so I think play the long game means like way now versus later, right? Mm -hmm. So a tip that I do for myself is I ask myself, like, would my future self thank me for this? Right. So if my future self is fit and healthy and she's living this long life, um, she's not going to really thank me for, you know, binge eating because it looks good or feels good (laughs) right now. What is that saying? A moment on your lips and a decade on your hips or something like that. So Think of things like that that are going to help you really weigh the long game versus the gratification of something right now that's not going to help you. And you you know what you're going to regret. Like, I think when you think about the long game, you go, am I going to regret this later? Yeah, probably. Right. Then don't do it. (laughs) That that takes a lot of willpower. And I think people would say they don't have willpower, but not you, friends. Okay. Number three, visualize it often and regularly. So here's a little thing exercise that I run my retreat ladies through. And that is we do this 25 minute meditation where they're literally visualizing themselves 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. So 42 year old Janelle is now 62 years old, right? 20 years from now, if I close my eyes and I think about everything, I think about coming into contact with myself, where am I living? What kind of life am I living? What kind of clothes am I wearing? I mean, if I knocked on the door of some shack to meet 62-year-old Janelle and it wasn't a beach house, and then she looked totally out of shape and overweight because she was eating too many Twinkies, (laughs) and then she didn't have her finances in order, and I walk in her house and it's messy, and then I look to the left and she's got the stack of bills that say pass due, like, I know that I did not set her up to live a great life, right? right? And so... This exercise that we do um, is something that really helps us visualize who we're trying to become. Mm-hmm. And I'll just tell you, like, I often say to myself, mm, future Janelle won't thank me for that. No, that's not what future Janelle's going to be thanking me for. Yeah. And that keeps me really focused on my goals. So think about yourself, visualize it, 
and just ask yourself like if what you're choosing right now is uh, something that's in alignment with where you really want to go. What I love about that is that it puts you in a place where you can really go after your aspirational values, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you see yourself doing something or in a position where if you're surrounded by family, you, you're doing something where you're, I don't know, whatever it may yeah. be for you, like you'll see what you want to value, mm-hmm. right? Because I think we have values now that whatever you spend your time on is what you value most. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're like, I don't, I don't, I know I shouldn't be spending my time on this because mm-hmm. I really want to spend my time doing this, mm-hmm. right? And I think that when you start to do that visualization, it really puts in focus what you value most, mm-hmm. but maybe you're not putting it in action. See, the the thing is, is like when I told you guys that I'm going to be slowing down this year to like focus on different things, but I have different goals. Those goals are directly in line with 80 year old Janelle. Mm -hmm. Like 80 year old Janelle is still fit. She goes for a walk in front of her beach house. She's got this great family. She has time to be a grandmother, right? She's not overworked and she does stuff that she loves to do. Right. I have to work really hard at 40 to make sure that 80-year-old Janelle is living the life that I envision for her. Yeah. That's a huge responsibility for me. So that's something I hope that you guys take. Number four, create accountability. You've got to have things in place where you can have some sort of accountability. I can't tell you how many times, especially in the fitness industry, people silently set goals for themselves. They don't share them with anyone. They don't get anyone to participate with them. There's no accountability partners. So there's no check-in, which means you can privately fail and nobody will know about it. (laughs) Secretly die off, right? right? And I think that uh, people rely on that sometimes. They're like, I won't tell anyone this goal because if I don't succeed, it's better just no one knows that I even tried. But I think that that's where people go wrong. I think it's important to declare it. Now, I'm not saying that you go to every single person and you tell them this is your goal, but you find the people that are going to hold you to it, people that are going to hold you accountable to it. Like you you tell those individuals what your goals are and, and you ask them for their support. I also think that creating accountability means that there's a system of measurement, mm-hmm. right? I think that a goal can't be a goal if you're not measuring something. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to be, whether it be tick marks of how many times you actually read an hour a day, whether it be if you ate healthy foods and you said, I'm going to focus on what I can eat versus what I can't eat. And you give yourself a score every day, like, okay, I got a hundred because I ate what I was supposed to be eating every single day. Mm-hmm. This is why things like Weight Watcher points are so successful right. Because there's a a built-in system for accountability for the point system that you're getting. And Mm -hmm. I think that when people see that score, this is why the watch has been popular. Because every day you get numbers that tell you, did you achieve your move goal? Did you not? Did you exercise? The Apple Watch, Watch, yeah. You just said the watch. (laughs) Well, the Apple Watch, (laughs) Fitbit, all those different things, they give you accountability. And Mm -hmm. so I think that whatever you're trying to achieve, you've got to build in a system that's going to allow you to measure your your progress and your success, or maybe the fact that you're not you're off course and you need to modify what you're doing every single day. Right. So have some sort of system to track and monitor your progress so that you can hold yourself accountable. But also, you need an accountability buddy. I would just say the more public you can be with it, then I think the more accountable you'll be because you don't ever want to let people down. People are really good at letting themselves down, but it's more difficult. Like, let's just say, I say, this week I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. I'm going to go to the gym early. Well, if no one's waiting on me, then why do I have to wake up early and it's cold? Oh, and it's raining? No, thank you. But but if someone's at the gym waiting for me, I can't let them down. 
Yeah, and I just be careful who you choose. Oh, be, for sure. Yeah, because if you choose someone who's like, oh, oh girl, yeah, it is cold. It is cold. Let's I, stay home. Are you cold? I'm cold. Yeah. I'm just stay here. No, I think it, it's important that the accountability is someone you're asking for them to hold you to it. But it's important. I tell you, it's so important that you are not like doing it for that person, mm-hmm. right? They're not designed. The you, person you are putting in your circle of accountability. It, you don't owe them anything. You owe it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... And that's, I'm not good as an accountability buddy, just to let you know, because if you call me with an excuse, I'm going to be like, ah, fuck her. She's out. Like, she's not taking this seriously. I'm not going to waste my time calling you out saying, hey, get your ass up. Let's go. I'm just not... That's not what I... Unless you're paying me to be your coach. Yeah. But, but if I'm just going to be like, said, oh, hey, she's full of excuses. Hey, can you just hold me to this? I want to do this. Every time you talk to me, you, you would be there for that person. You told I don't know. <laughs> All right. So I don't know. uh, You won't get a push from the uh, co-host of the push podcast. (laughs) But think about it. I because I can think about many people that wanted to work out with me, and I'm like, but you're not as committed as me. So it's no. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that you. Yeah. I don't think I'm not a big advocate. And right now, I'm I'm not not a big. I'm not a proponent of a person that having workout buddies. I I just don't think it works. I think that your goals are going to be ebbs and flows with Mm -hmm. your partner, and then you'll you'll probably on different paths. And so I just don't think that that's is sustainable. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's sustainable if you implore people to say, "Hey, uh, I want you to just give me some accountability. Just shoot me a text, just to keep me in line." Because sometimes I just don't have the self discipline right now that I need. Yeah. And as I build this up through this journey, um, I'm just going to need you to kind of give me a little push here and there. Okay, <laughs> I, I will do that for you, Eddie. <laughs> All right, number five: prepare for success. You got to set yourself up to win. I think the easiest way to do this is to break it down into manageable chunks. Um, we can call those micro goals. And the, the big thing is, is you got to celebrate your victories. I think it's important to have micro goals so you have something to celebrate along the way. Yeah, it was interesting when you said that, prepare for success. I don't know why, but my brain went to like, like being in that, like feeling like you've already attained it in a sense. Like being that person that you want to change. I know that that's not what you're saying, but I think when you prepare for success, you, it's almost like expectancy. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I know I'm going to achieve this. And so I'm, I'm preparing myself. But I think part of you're that- You're talking it, about like confidence and stuff. I'm talking about like, if you say you're going to go on a diet, but you don't make time to meal prep, you're not setting yourself up to win. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. We're <laughs> not on the same wavelength right no, now. I, but it's, here's, hear me out. I know this that sounds like a stretch, but it's actually the same thing. Because a healthy and fit person that is being that today prepares their meals for the next day, has times that they have set aside to exercise. Right. Fit people are fit because of they are fit. They do what fit people do. Mm-hmm. And so preparing for success is preparing for who you're going to become. Right. And so if you're overweight or if you're having weight trouble and you want to really achieve this goal, well, you got to act like a fit person acts. Mm-hmm. And a fit person prepares their meals. A fit person doesn't find time to exercise, but has scheduled times where they exercise. If you are looking to say, hey, I want to have a wealth mentality, you have to operate like a person that has wealth. And I think that that, to me, is a way that you prepare for success. Like you are being the success before you've actually achieved it. And that means that's in your habits and your behaviors every single day. Yeah. 
So I think the micro goals are set up to do number six, which is to reward yourself to stay motivated. So celebrating your victories. I know that I said that in number five, like prepare for success. You can set yourself up to win so you can celebrate, but that's actually number six. And I think it's one of the things we do the least often. We see the big goal that we're trying to get to and don't let you come up short because then all you can feel is like a failure, right? But if you set yourself up for small little victories and celebrate along the way, then I think you'll find more joy in the journey but also it'll give you that motivation you need to keep going. So for example, let's just say that you're super out of shape and you really want to create like healthy habits and start to move your body more this year. Maybe you set a goal for like, hey, I'm going to kind of punish myself right now. I'm going to use all the workout clothes I have, the ugly t-shirts, whatever. But maybe in three weeks, if you hit a milestone, you buy yourself a nice pair of leggings. Yeah. You know, I think that that's a good little micro goal to work towards. And I like that. And this is one of those note to self moments, because I think that we struggle with like celebrating like we have gone. Yeah, we go too fast. Yeah, we go so fast that there are milestones that we just just like knock over and didn't even realize it. And then, you know, before we know it, we're so tired (laughs) after the fact that we can't even celebrate. I think the last time we like visibly celebrated is I don't know if you remember when we both passed our real estate exam mm-hmm. and we were across the bed from each other mm-hmm. and like literally it was a phone call mm-hmm. letting you know that you had passed mm-hmm. and I don't I can't for whatever reason this memory I cannot remember who got the phone call mm-hmm. first and it was like that anxiety like oh my god I hope you passed too <laughs> and we jumped and we celebrated That's true. um but it, it was a it was a really great milestone right. because it was something we set out to we went to classes for we said night we school. took night school we took the test together right and so um, and thank God we both passed because <laughs> if you would have failed or I would have failed, it'd been over. Yeah, been. I'd have been so salty. You'd have been salty. It'd have been bad. Yeah, it'd been so all thank bad. God we both got the call. Yeah, that was good. So find ways to celebrate. And Eddie wrote a little note, celebrate, but don't settle. Yeah, I think sometimes you can celebrate yourself into comfort. Like, oh, my God, mm. I did it. I can't believe yeah. how many people do, you know, achieve a fitness goal looked great for like three months. And then mm. before you know it, you go, oh, wow, you put back. Right. 45 pounds. Right. Right. And so you kind of settled into that celebration and you said, since I achieved my goal, I can have whatever I want to have. And you just abandoned all the 30 pounds. (laughs) You you abandoned all the habits and routines that helped you get there. And now you're back. Remember, though, if you listen to the preface of this, it was focus on what you're becoming and the habits and rituals you are creating and the disciplines you're creating not just the goal. And I think that's what happens when you just focus on the end result. You're like, oh, I got the goal. Okay, Mm -hmm. perfect. And now I can go back to my shitty behavior. Right. Okay, (laughs) so that leads me into number seven, which is give yourself a day off and plan for breaks, right? So this year we were discussing today our goals and we decided that we were going to do 90 days of paleo. We have done paleo before. If you don't know what paleo is, it's basically all natural, right? No grains, no grains, no, no rice, gluten, no, no gluten, sugar. nothing processed. So that means but it's a lot of good food in it. It is like we had key lime pie. We had lots of great yeah. things. So it worked really well for us because we didn't feel like we were missing out on anything. But it also made us look at food as fuel. Yeah. Like if it doesn't grow from the ground or roam the earth, then you don't eat it, right? right. So you're cutting out processed ketchup. You're cutting out anything processed. 
which really everything you eat then comes from the earth. So you feel, I felt very much like I was fueling my body. Yeah. And so that's really what we're focusing on for the next 90 days. Why 90 days? 90 days so we could celebrate that we were good for 90 days. But back to this number six, which is, or number seven, which is give yourself a day off. We committed to being paleo for five days a week for 90 days. Right. And we said on the weekends, we won't go crazy, but if we feel like having a cup of rice or, you know, (laughs) indulging with something with our kids, then we're not going to beat ourselves up for that. That's going to give us the motivation that we need to keep going. Yeah. For 90 days. Oh, yeah. And, you know, one of the times that we were, I would say that I was the most fit in my life, I would go all week super disciplined Mm -hmm. and then I would have an entire pie at the end of the week. It's true. (laughs) So (laughs) it it could be done. Sweet potato pie is your jam. Absolutely. All right. uh, Number eight, take your feelings out of it. I can just, I can't reiterate enough. Like this isn't about the goal achievement. It's really what you're making all of this mean, right? So you're not a loser if you fall off, you just get back on. I think people get so caught up in like, you know, oh, I feel so restricted. Oh, I can't go to dinner with my friends. Like you're focusing on how it's making you feel in the moment versus the long-term justification of what you're really trying to go after and yeah. why. And then sometimes right? people are like victimized through the journey. Like, yeah. I can't oh, have that. I'm on a that. diet. I can't have this. I can't have this. Oh my God. And so, so your then, language matters. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're like pissed that you have this goal. Right. And then it's And then the easy. goal makes you mad. Right. And, and now then, you're tricking yourself into feeling like you made a bad choice. Right. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to fall off the wagon. And you're, you're going to give yourself every excuse. Yeah. You're going to justify it. You're going to say, oh, I tried that. It doesn't work for me. No, you don't work for you. That's what you don't, you don't work, work for, for your you. goals. Yeah. So please take your feelings out of it. Right. Number nine, surround yourself with success. That could be friends. You know, that could be books, Push podcasts. Podcast. That could be lots of things. But I would just say it's important what you're consuming. Yeah. I mean, I think we have seen success because we have done that. Like, I would say consciously and unconsciously with the books that we buy, the podcasts that we listen to, all those things have really built us to who we are today and what we do today and how we interact with the world. And I think that when you surround yourself with success, it could be a group of individuals that you that stretch you, but it has to be something that challenges you. It mm-hmm. can't be like, oh, this is comfortable. This feels good. Mm-hmm. It almost has to be like, there has to be a, a push. challenge. There's a stretch to mm-hmm. it. Like I'm getting to a place in my readings where I want to read books that stretch me, that make me go, fuck, what are they saying? <laughs> what is this what word? What are they talking about? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that when you do that, I think that it now elevates you in a different comprehension, in a different skill set, in a bit in a different way of seeing the world, but also a different way of of sharing that to other people mm-hmm. where you get to a place where you can say, okay. I got something complex that I have got to a place where I can communicate it at a fifth grade level. So what's interesting is when you said that, like, I want to read a book that I don't even know what they're talking about. The first thing I thought of is someone's going to say, that doesn't even sound enjoyable. Exactly. Right. Which takes me back to number (laughs) eight, get out of your feelings. Like you're feeling like it has to feel good. You're feeling like it should be all, you know, roses and, ooh, going to the gym should feel good. Well, no, it doesn't have to. It's just a discipline that you're (laughs) trying to create, right? And so I think the last bit of advice that I would give you, if we were to kind of wrap this up and put a bow on it, 
the bow I want to put on for you is that it's about the long-term pursuit of something that's going to help you build the resilience. When we became bodybuilders, it was a year. We had dieted, we did paleo, all this stuff for about a year. And then we spent a year focused on bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And we were in the best shape of our life. It was also the hardest thing we've ever done. Right. And I remember the the first uh, show that we went to where we were actually going to compete. Um, if you want to get in the best shape of your life, compete or commit to standing on a stage wearing three pieces of fabric and some clear heels. And you will not cheat because <laughs> I'm not trying to stand up here and be humiliated because I ate Cheez-Its and, you know, nachos. Like, right. I'm just not. No, I put myself here. I want to be here to win, not to look like a loser for <laughs> yeah. something that I did or didn't do, right? right? And so I remember vividly, though, like we were on our way to our first competition and we looked at each other and we said, we are so proud of each Like, I'm so proud of you. Like, look what we did. Look at this discipline. We had never experienced discipline at that level in our lives. Yeah. Right? Right. And so that's what I want to leave you with. That's the bow that I want to put on your goal setting this year. Discipline is good. Boundaries are good. When you have too much freedom in your life, that's when you get fat. That's when you get irresponsible. That's when you stop focusing on things that are important. I want to remind you as an adult listening to the Push podcast that boundaries and restrictions are good. People who are successful live restrictive lives. You're not a millionaire because you're just spending money like an idiot. You're a millionaire because you exercise disciplines and rituals around yeah. your money, and, right? And, you have habits around your money that create wealth. Right. You're not a fit person because you have good genes. You're a fit person because you have created rituals and habits around your fitness, right? Or around yeah. your health and wellness, so I really, really want, if you get nothing from this podcast, I want you to walk away asking yourself, what am I in exercise or what am I in practice of that's creating discipline in my life? We need boundaries and we need restrictions for the things we're trying to go after. And I want you to stop putting a negative connotation to those things. And, and I would just tell you, because I, I think people might hear restrictions and they go, well, yeah, that, you think it's a bad word. I think it's a bad word. But here's the thing. And this is so important. And I hope you guys listen to this. Freedom of mind is discipline, mm-hmm. right? Because it is willpower. It is saying consciously, although I am a slave to sugar, I am a slave to distractions and TV and all these different things and social media that has enslaved my mind because I can't even help myself at, at this point now. Mm-hmm. I have to go online. I have to scroll. Really I have fine. to have sugar. Mm-hmm. That is not freedom. Right. Freedom is is That's the control. discipline. The right. <laughs> Freedom is the discipline of saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. No, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to eat this. And I think what people need to understand is in order to have freedom, you need to exercise willpower. Mm -hmm. You need to exercise a certain level of discipline to show that you have subdued your ego. You have subdued yourself to a place where now you can dictate exactly what you want for the long term and not just be subject to the moment. And be and fall into the pleasure seeking habits that we all have at some points in our lives. So, so I think this is of important. Pleasure seeking, because I love that you brought that up. We're so accustomed to do what feels good. Right. This is where people fall into their comfort zones. And then you start to be fearful of getting outside of your comfort zone. I just want you to pay attention to the fact that if you're not trying to condition yourself to put disciplines in order in your life, then you're just kind of like, 
willing to be blown around by anything. Any yeah, because you don't stand for anything. Yeah. And so, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to shake you guys to get you to understand, like, you have to have discipline in your life. Nothing good is going to come from just constantly seeking pleasure and doing what you want and eating what you want and going where you want and being late or being on time, whatever. Like, nothing good is going to come if something's not challenging yeah. you. Yeah. And I will say this, and we said this on, on part one, like, just being oblivious to the fact that you're stuck. And I think that that's what happens. You mm -hmm. fall, you, you get pleasure seeking and you fall asleep. Mm. And what I mean by that is like, you're just unconsciously just doing what's comfortable. What, what's, Hey, this is what I always do. I always eat this. I always watch this. I always have these kind of discussions with people and we, and we, we gossip and do all mm -hmm. these things. By the way, this is number 10 self-regulating and right. you, say you govern yourself. But I just think that that's so important that we end it with this because for those people who don't know that they're stuck, like this is when you need to find out. Like you need to change something in your routine and see how uncomfortable it is. And right. then you'll realize, wow, I was so stuck in my ways. Well, okay. So number 10, self-regulate. Let me just ask you this. If you're unhappy with your body, ask yourself this question. How often do I eat stuff that I'm supposed to, that I know is good for me versus eating what I feel like? Or rationalizing saying, oh, I didn't have any time. So I had to go get fast food. Right. But just like <laughs> making the decision to say like, oh, God, you know, God gave me this body to take care of it. I should probably fuel it with food that makes me feel better. Right. Or on would you say 90 percent of the time you eat what you feel like. I eat what's convenient. I eat what's around. I eat what I feel like. Right. We, we do that often. Like, hey, what do you guys feel like for dinner? Chipotle. Okay. Well, that's what we'll have, right? Right. So just ask yourself something about food like that. How often do I eat what I should versus what I want to? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your money. How often do you say, no, we're not going to do that because that's not in alignment with the fact that we're saving right now. Right. Because we're in more debt than ever. And people are just, I think, falling victim to the fact that things are so easy to obtain. Right. Amazon will send that shit to you tomorrow. Like You don't have like, to wait for money. Yeah, you Put look it on at, a credit card. You, you're like, should I buy this? Well, it will be here tomorrow, so might yeah. as well. <laughs> I already hit by now. <laughs> Everything's just so convenient. But it, it, And I think the reason why it's so powerful to end on on the self-regulate because when you look at everything that's on this list it really allows those things to come to life if you are self-reflecting if you are like really looking at and being conscious of i have a goal let me look at my goal i wrote it down let me visualize it let me let me let me make sure that i have accountability it's all building this this person that wants to do something amazing in the world and just needs to to govern itself. Yeah. Right? We talked in the previous episode about our girls developing really great habits around health and fitness on their own. One thing that they also do when they're in the middle of finals or things get tough with school and they know that they need to focus, they delete apps from their phone. Yeah. I was going to say undownload. <laughs> they undownload TikTok and all of the social media, right? They'll delete them from their phone. So I remember a couple of weeks ago, I asked Jordan like, oh, did you see this on TikTok? And she goes, oh, can I look on your phone? Because I deleted it from my phone. And I go, what? And she goes, it was distracting me. I had to get that out of my life. Mm -hmm. And I was so proud as a parent, you know, yeah. like I said something to Jasmine today. And she's like, oh, I deleted Facebook from my phone. I got to redownload it. So I just want to shout out the Copeland girls because they have done a really good job of like understanding right now I got to focus. So I'm going to eliminate distractions 
and I know that this is a distraction for me, so I'm just going to get rid of it. Yeah. And I want to ask you as adults, when was the last time you did that shit? Just get rid of it. Just delete it. Just go in your pantry and just burn all the doughs and the ding-dongs. and the. <laughs> so I hope that this episode was helpful. I hope that, um, you know, we're helping to set you up to crush it in 2021. It's not about achieving more, getting more. This isn't about more. This is just about you pushing towards the your future you. You pushing to the next level of yourself, whether that's to be more present for your family. So many business owners I know are burnt out, right? You start a business so you're your own boss. You start a business so you can create freedom in your life. And that's what we're going to be working on this year with a lot of our business owners is how do we create that? Because what you're doing isn't actually working right now. So how can we focus on doing less, being more efficient, For me, it's going to be about prioritizing my time. Mm -hmm. I have to say no to a lot of things that normally I'd probably say yes to. Why? Because I'm an excited person and I get distracted by shiny things. But knowing that like being overworked and not having time to be present, like that doesn't make me happy. right? Right. More money doesn't make me happy. Sure. It's, you know, great to have. You can remodel your house. It gives you (laughs) options, but it doesn't make me happy. So I want to leave on that note, like, All of these things that you're trying to achieve and attain, they're not going to make you better people, but paying attention to who you are becoming during the journey and in pursuit of it, that's going to be life-changing. Yeah. And lastly, I'll say these principles that we talked about here, because that's what they are. They're, They're principles to activate your goals, to activate the person inside of you that will thank you later for what you do today. 80 year old Janelle. The 80 year old Janelle. These principles can be applied whether it's 2021 or 2052, Mm -hmm. right? And no matter what is going to happen in this year, because we don't know, Mm -hmm. right? You can put these things into action and you can put these behaviors into practice every single day and they can really activate your life in a different way. And I think you'll have a sense of fulfillment and you'll have a sense of understanding what you are becoming along the path and you'll get more out of 2021 than you did in 2020. And then it's going to help you in the long run. So keep the long game and push through. Love it. If you got something out of this, please take two seconds to write a review. Let us know uh, what you learned and what your goals are going to be for 2021. We can't wait to continue to push through with you. Take care, you guys, and happy new year. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time, push through.